the love to have love talk on babs girls ivy oh my turban is not on right uh if you if it's around nine o'clock you got me i hope y'all had a good weekend it's, it was raining like cats and dogs yesterday it was nice though because i i was in the house i didn't go anywhere i was just i was just hunkered down like everybody else uh while my friends are traipsing through dc at the library of congress this weekend which i was so excited for them it's so jealous because I so wanted to be there. So they did this tour of uh, bookstores from like here to, to Virginia, whatever. So, you know, the uh, Lauren Anderson, Ife, and uh, and both their teams from Culturally Lit and um, um, Possible Futures Bookstore. So so they went down to see Professor Anissa at the Library of Congress who was finishing up. Uh, she was there for, for a period of time. So she's finishing up that that gig and coming I guess coming back to Connecticut but so they went down there and they you know they went to the the uh you know the Blacksonian and they went uh you know busboys and pa- I mean they hit all the stuff bookstores and stuff like that so it was really it was really uh it was really nice watching watching their 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 trip uh play out uh you know that's the beauty of of these internets you know you can't be somewhere but you could be somewhere I love it and so, and let me let me take a moment to shout out my sister friend, my soror, uh, a best friend a girl could ever have, uh, Dr. Karen DeBose Walton. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Karen! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday! Happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday Woo! happy birthday karen happy birthday karen happy birthday Curtis Blow, happy birthday. 
Now, now, now I'm gonna cue that up for my birthday. I forgot that Curtis Blow did a happy birthday. And we don't we don't play that enough. We don't sing that enough. We do the Stevie Wonder, but the Stevie Wonder really was for Nelson Mandela. But that's all right. We own it. 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 So happy birthday, uh, Dr. Karen DeBose Walton. I hope you have a fabulously fabulous day. Love you very much. Lots and lots of love to you. So uh, I had a great weekend, of course. Uh, let me see what I did. Let me tell you what I got into. You know, I got to take it back to Thursday. Da, 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 da. I think I went out to dinner with uh, Ife and Markeisha. Uh, that was fun at Manhari's. I had a really great, they did a really damn good steak. Really good steak. And they had lamb chops, so it was really good. And, you know, it was just hanging out. And I think Lisa Gray was saying goodbye to friends. I think that was early in the week, but, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm still I'm still bringing it back up. Uh, Friday, I, I was in I was in the in the gym with Robert Fulton. I'm I'm going strong. Uh, I did a arts response with Lucy and Brian and uh, Karen Pazio on Friday. It was nice, nice being in communication with them, talking about arts and the stuff that moved us this year. As we wind down this year, uh, you know, it was a lot of good stuff. You know, you you forget about how big the year is. So you start going back and looking at, you know, all the stuff that you went to. And uh, uh, I went to a lot of stuff. And I, I like it. I mean, I just, you know, that's just what it is. People always ask me, how do I have the energy? I mean, listen, I'm not in these productions. I just show up to them. All I got to do is show up. <laughs> I'm not in it. I'm just showing up to stuff. When I go to the symphony, I'm not in the symphony. I go and sit down. It's not a heavy lift. I get there, I sit down, I hear good music. I go to the theater. I'm not in the production. I go, I sit down, I listen, I clap, I applaud. I love it, I hate it, whatever. I go out to dinner. I'm not back there cooking. I order. <laughs> I want a cocktail. I'm not making a cocktail. They bring me a cocktail. So when you see me out, I'm not, I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing all the things. <laughs> I'm showing up. That's really what being out is, showing up, just showing up, you know? And a lot of people don't want to show up because it feels like it's a lot of effort. Well, if it's a lot of effort for you, stay the hell home and watch Netflix. I don't know what to tell you. I like going out. I've always liked going out. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. There are moments when I like to be in. Yesterday was an end day. Now, because I, I really wanted to go to Cafe 9 to see Chris, uh, Christine Omen and Rebel Montez, but I just didn't feel like messing around in the rain. Sometimes I like messing around in the rain. Yesterday just wasn't one of them. So I so I missed that that Christmas cheer concert. And I like going to Cafe Nine. I really do. But I just couldn't. If it wasn't raining yesterday, I would have, I swear to you, I would have went. Then the girlfriends had a party. You know, they had a, their big shebang. But I didn't feel like getting dressed up, which is rare because I always like getting dressed up. Uh, but I wasn't in the mood to be all sparkly and shiny. Sometimes it happens. You know, I mean, I'm always sparkly and shiny. Don't get me wrong. But there are moments when you're like, ah, I don't feel like, you know, I don't, I, don't, I just don't feel like it. And it's all right. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. I feel like it more times than not. So, so yeah, so that, so that was the weekend, boys and girls. I, now, now, let me tell you, Saturday night was fabulous because I went to see A Year of Magical Thinking, which was phenomenal. Kathleen Alpha, uh, uh, Chalfant, uh is is a consummate actor. 
she was now you know Joan the book by Joan Didion you know chronicles you know what happened when her husband passed away and you know the stuff with her daughter and the whole thing and you know Joan Didion is considered one of these smart women like ridiculously smart and her use of language and command of language comes through and Kathleen Chalfont just did an amazing job of commanding that language and so uh They've been doing this production in, in in unconventional spaces and calling it theater, which is which is how theater got started, which is amazing because it's it was very intimate. And I think a play like this, it it lends itself to a kind of intimacy that you, of course, you could put this on the big stage. It was on the big stage. It was in New York, but it's nice to sort of put it in people's living rooms and libraries and other spaces because it 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 brings you closer to the story and it was fascinating to uh to watch her do this work and and carry out this this production so uh and high five um bill graustein was at his house uh he was one of the ones that had it at his house and it was a couple of other people who had it at their houses had him in other spaces it was at con i think it was like the, the public library it was i mean it was all over this thing was all over the place it was like you know like a a, a movable feast um, and so that was Saturday night. And then so Saturday, I just chilled down. I did some work in, in the apartment because I just had so much stuff. I have so much stuff that needs to to be like put somewhere. And, uh, and you know, my space does not represent the life that I lead. <laughs> it just doesn't. I, I, you know, I don't have any furniture in my living room. It's just, I mean, it's just so many things that are just not happening the way that I want them to happen. So I guess I just have to wait a little bit longer. You know, uh, I got to get some curtains up. I got to get some paint on the walls. So little by little. So Christmas, that's when I'm going to spend some time really just putting my space into some, to, into the beginnings of what I want it to be. And, you know, when I moved into the space, uh, I, you know, both my hips were terribly, terribly bad. And I was, you know, uh, going through the process of getting ready uh, to, to, to have them replaced. So I was pretty much uh, immovable, which which now that I think about it, I can't believe the stuff that I went to with a cane and how much pain I was in. Oh, ridiculous. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, all is well. So uh, I'm just waiting to hear back from my from the uh, Yale Access to Law School team that are reviewing my application stuff so that I can start sending off my applications. My Some of my cohort uh, have already started doing that and they've been invaluable in terms of talking about the processes and pitfalls and to look out for things and this and that other thing. So it's been amazing. So, so I hope y'all are well. Um, uh, I've got to go and uh, have my, my uh, ult kidney ultrasound today because we think we have uh, some kidney problems. Uh, and the kidney problems showed up when I was in the hospital for uh, the replacements, the, the Tina's. Uh, but now they're showing that something is wrong. So they're thinking it might be uh, a birth defect that just went unnoticed all these years. And here I am at 60 dealing with child, you know, or, you know, uh, birth defects. What the hell? But anyway, they're going to take a look-see. They're going to run some tests. And then they call me back this afternoon to go over those tests to see if anything needs to be done. I need my kidneys, God. I need my kidneys. So whatever I got to do to make these kidneys be good kidneys, let me know. <laughs> and don't, don't shorten my time on earth. <laughs> I want all my time. 
So, so, so I got to go do that as soon as I get off air, haul ass down and, and get this test done and then come back at four o'clock for the results. Um, Cause that's how, that's how, that's how they want to move on this. So I was like, all right, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I'm, I'm here for it. So, so, so uh, that brings me to Advent. I know we are, we are in Advent season. I hope people have been uh, reading along. I hope some of y'all, not all of y'all, some of y'all just getting your Advent for me Monday through Friday while I'm doing Advent. Uh, 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 and, you know, I, I'm reading from uh, Hannah, Hannah Brencher, who I adore, 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 and uh, love, love, love her work. But anyway, uh, so she, she, uh, oh, this is the Monday Club. So the Monday Club, uh, okay. The Monday Club is the email that she sends out, like a newsletter, which is really good. Um, and it talks about uh, gratitude. And and I might go back and read that toward the end or in the next hour. But I wanna I wanna get to us back focused on the. Uh, on Advent. And this one is titled uh, The Truth About the Stable. Uh, and, and so in Luke 2, we witness Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem for a census decreed by Caesar Augustus. So if y'all have been reading along, this is where we are in the story. Uh, Joseph was required to participate, which led Mary and, and him to travel into the small town uh, during the last few months of her pregnancy. Now, this wasn't a, a census to count everyone up. It was a way for the Roman Empire to tax these people and make more money. This is the beginning of white supremacy. <laughs> uh, David Guzik writes, as Caesar sat in his palace and made his decree, he thought it was the supreme exercise of his will, the ultimate flexing of his muscle. But he was just a tool in God's hand. God has promised that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and that that promise will be fulfilled. So how does one get a young couple from Nazareth down to Bethlehem when they might not be inclined to travel? Simple. Just work through the political savior of the world and use him as a pawn in your plan. The trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem was about 80 miles. It brings us to the part of the nativity play where the cold and the cruel innkeeper turns them away. Y'all know these stories. Y'all seen these. Your kids was in them. You was in them. You know. But how? How could the innkeeper be so rotten? Let's reframe this narrative, shall we? I went a long time not realizing that inn was likely considered the it spot in Bethlehem. Imagine it was the hotel everyone wanted to stay at. This inn would be the first place to run out of space or reservations when people came from out of town for some big occasion. The census, as you can imagine, was a big occasion. It would be like attempting to book a hotel room in Times Square on New Year's Eve. It's not shocking that there were no vacancies at the inn. So yeah, because we all get all up in our feelings about this part of the story. How could he turn away a pregnant woman and blah, 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 and da, 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 How could he be so mean? I say this because we often mind boggle that the innkeeper would turn Mary and Joseph away. We paint this picture in our brains of the two coming in from the cold and begging the innkeeper to take them in. It, it was likely not surprising to Mary or Joseph that the inn had no, no availability to them. And Joseph wasn't some passive dude hauling his nine-month 
pregnant wife into Bethlehem only to give birth beside cow poop. Quite the opposite. Scholars believe that Joseph got himself and Mary to Bethlehem with plenty of time to spare before the birth of Jesus. They, all, they also guess that he may have had used the census as an excuse to remove Mary from the gossip and slander surrounding her in Nazareth. When Joseph picked the stable, it looked more like what we would consider to be a cave. Scholars say he was picking a place that during biblical times was just as suitable as a room at the inn. He was an upstanding middle-class citizen, and people in the town of Bethlehem likely knew of his lineage coming down from David. This society would not think to discount him nor make room for him. When Joseph got married to that stable, they set up a home. They made space. They made themselves comfortable. They prepared. They waited on the baby to arrive. There was room. There was a margin. Sure, it wasn't extravagant or what you would typically expect for a king, but two people made space for what would come. We have to look at our hearts and ask a tricky question. Have I made space this year? Have you made space this season? Is there room in your life for Jesus to come in and change everything? Today's message is simple. And you know, by Jesus, y'all can assert whatever you want in here, but I'm just telling the nativity story uh, because I'm I'm Christian and this is the story uh, that has been handed down. So today's message is simple, but challenging to put into action. We must transform our hearts into little stables. We must prepare room for him. We must create a space of, uh, create a space inside of ourselves to behold the wonder if there is no space for Jesus in our lives. How can we expect to feel anything but parched? If we refuse to create a margin for the living waters to flow in our lives, we will only ever be thirsty and tired throughout the rest of December. Yes, the season is in full swing. Yes, we are getting there. But if you look in your heart today and think that something is wrong, you have made no space for the essential part of this season. Then it might be time to shift some things around. There is still time to make room. There is still time to clear the space and join in the waiting for a miracle. So today's reading was from Luke 2, verses 1 through 5. And here's dear, steal this prayer. Dear God, this season is slipping by and I don't want to miss the essential parts. Help me to make room in my heart as we prepare for the birth of Jesus. Help me prepare him ample space to spread out and take over. Amen, Ashe. So Advent, all right, y'all. So here you go. Make some space. Make some space, good people. Make some space. You making some space? Make some space. And uh, make some space. And and if and if Jesus is not your thing, if you can't make space for Jesus, and it's not your call to make space for Jesus, make space for 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 peace. Make space for light. Make space for goodness. Make space for joy. Make space for time well spent. See what I'm saying? So this is not just a Jesus story. This is a human man story about the season of mystery, magic, and miracles. Like this is the time. If this ever was a time, this is it. So while you're waiting on, and some of us are waiting on the birth. Some of us are waiting on the new year. Some of us are waiting on glad tidings. Some of us are waiting for 
more oil in the lamp. Right? Some of us are waiting. This is a season of waiting. 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 We are waiting. But the waiting doesn't mean we are still. The waiting is we are busy preparing and making room. Right? Making room. So, so yeah. So so when I when I give you these Advent stories, when I give you this Advent message, do what you want with it. Take it where you will. Let it grow in you. Develop it. You know, uh, be contemplative and discerning with it. See where it fits in your faith. Whatever your faith is. The, the message of the coming of Christ is a message for anybody. You don't have to be Christian to hear it. You don't even have to be of, of, of Abrahamic lineage. Anybody can hear this story and, and, and take it upon themselves to say, what, what, what am I inviting in? What am I making room for? What, what is it that I say that I want? What is coming? What am I prepared for what is coming? How am I prepared? See, this story is, is a universal story of, for all of us. It's a universal story for all of us about preparation and the waiting, you know, and hope, right? And, and the widening of our heart. That's, that's the message. So you could be a, you could be a Buddhist or you could be Jewish. You could be anybody to hear, to hear the story of waiting. Everybody's got a waiting story anyway. So I'm just saying before everybody gets all up in their feelings about, you know, I'm not, I'm not an evangelical. I'm not, I'm not trying to prophesy. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just telling you a story, a story that might have some meaning to you if you are willing to hear it for what it is and not what you hope it to be, you know, and before you shoo shoo it, you, you take it in and you're like, all right, let's see how this goes. You know, so, so anyway, you know, we're in this season where this is a tough time for people. People are struggling with all kinds of mental health issues. You know, for, for some, this is the most unhappiest time. <laughs> Hard to believe. Hard to believe for somebody like me who loves this time of year. But I also know what it's like to be sad at this time of year because I have been sad at this time of the year. But it has always been this time of the year that has reclaimed my faith and humanity and my and my own sense of purpose and direction. I've used this time to to recalibrate my thinking and my and 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 the way I am in the world. So, but I know what it's like to be sad. I know what it's like to be unhappy. I know what it's like to be, you know, pained. I I know. And and for a lot of people this time of year is probably the most unwonderful time of the year. You know, because everything is bright and cheery and merry and and they're not feeling that. And it's not their reality and it's not their experience. You know. Um and so and so are we are we holding space and making space for the folks where this is very challenging and tough. You know, are we making are we making space for for the people who don't find the merriness and the cheeriness and uh, gl glad tidings? You know, are we making space for those people? And and then and then are we shutting up about oh, it, it'll get better by and by. Stop telling people that. You know, I think we have to get in the habit of holding space without putting without 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 giving people these uh these half-assed messages of whatever 
I think the best thing that we could do is be with people where they are and hear them where, where and hear hear them. And sometimes the hearing is qu- quiet. <laughs> sometimes hearing people is being quiet. And I know we all want to help. So I don't say this to say that people are malicious in their outreach. They are not. People just want to help. And people think that encouraging words at the right time is helpful. And oftentimes it is. But there are some deeper issues to people that sometimes encouraging words do nothing, are, are, are the opposite of encouraging. And it's weary for people to have to put on a brave face because people are saying, stay encouraged. Do you know what I mean? You know, and and oftentimes people who are going through it, who are paid, spend a lot of time, you know, putting on a brave face for people as not to alarm other people of what is really going on because other people have not made space for them to sort of say or be on in their unhappiness. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes when we jump in with this encouraging word, we are not allowing people to be fully present in their own sadness, you know, that they have to work unduly hard to sort of placate us because we can't deal with their sadness. That's a lot to unpack. And and I and I know people's hearts are always in the right place. They are in the right people's hearts are in the right place. Oftentimes, I just think people just don't know how to be uh, silent with people. They don't know how to be in the grief with people. They don't know how to be in the unhappiness with people. And few people are trained to do it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, few people are trained to do it. And it's all right to sit in silence with someone. The air does not have to be filled with words. Presence, presence, presence is what's critical. Presence, you know. And and I know this only because I spent four years of my life training to be a spiritual director. And so I understand what it's like to sort of sit in space with people. You know, it's like when you go, when you, when you, when you, when, when Jewish people sit shiva, you know, there's there's a peacefulness to that. There is a gathering, and 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 we're going to be it. We're going to be present for this person that has lost a loved one from this community. We're going to be present. You know, same with when you when you go to when you go to black church and there's a repast. We're going to go and we're going to be present with the family, but oftentimes in these moments, we we don't know how to be quiet. We don't know how to be quiet with people. That and that's the and that's that's the whole point of, of of I think this message this Advent message today is that just be be ready to prepare. It's you still have time to prepare. Just prepare. You know, just and be quiet. <laughs> just just be quiet. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And you know, these, this, this season is, it's, it's, it's got a lot of weight to it. There's a lot of weight to the season because there's, there's a, there's conflict in the world in places that, you know, uh, and this is a holy time. So when there's conflict in the world during holy times, it just, Huh, makes everything weightier. And people really don't know what to say. 
I didn't really know what to say. No. And and we have to sort of we have to just sort of refrain from, you know, saying to to people whatever we think. Sometimes it's just I, I see you. You know, I see you, I feel you, I I'm with you, I'm here, I'll be here. You know, I'll just be here. <laughs> You know, I'll I'll just be here, uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. So, anyway, this is a very holy time for for all the uh, descendants of Abraham. You know, the Muslims, the Jewish folks, and the Christians. Uh, this is a very holy time, and it's holy time for other people too. You know. I mean, not the only ones, but there's other other people who are celebrating this time with lights and color and all of that. So I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying. Um, anyway, back to local stuff. Oh, I guess the uh, all these little stores, these little drug stores, are closing. Right, uh, Rite Aid. I've known Rite Aid for forever and a day, so they're closing the one downtown across from Gateway. You know, uh, there's a there's a bunch of uh, uh, stores that are closing. You know, and I think the thinking was around, um, you know, how you you'll go and you see a CVS, a Walgreens, a Rite Aid. The thinking is, uh, if there's one store, two stores, three stores, each store draws people to it, right? So if you just have one, that's fine, but but the other two feed off the other two, right? Like so, so one, it's like when you drive down the strip and you see uh, a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Kentucky Fried Chicken, they benefit from each of them being on that drag. You know, that's the that's the that's the thinking. That's the business thinking. That's the thinking and the model, the concept. You know, it's good for business when other businesses are in business. And for a while, I guess that worked, but you got so many other things working against that now. And you know, there was a huge expansion of drugstores across this country for a minute. You know, a, a, a overwhelming amount of them. And so now they're rethinking that and shutting them down, you know. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So now you have these, you know, you're going to start seeing these vacant buildings. And what will they be used for? I mean, some some places have found uses, but, you know, interesting. So ah, there's a lot going on. So much, too much. Uh, but I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. So uh, I'm paying attention to all the protests. There have been protests going on. Uh, yes, protest. Uh, there's a protest Saturday downtown. Um, I guess people climbing on the manure. I, I don't get that part. Like, I wouldn't be messing with people's religious uh, symbols. I don't. I don't see the point of that. I think you can protest without 
without trying to, I don't know what message you're trying to send, you know. I think there's a way to protest and 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 get your point across without, you know, this sense of, you know, uh, harming people's religious uh, uh, symbols. You know, because we people don't like it when I don't like people burning crosses. I damn sure don't like people messing with menorahs and and other religious symbols. I I don't I don't see the I think when you start going down that road, you're going down a dangerous road because now you're starting to sort of not see people as human. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's the leap for me. Like when you start doing that kind of stuff, you know. It, and I feel the same way whether they're burning books or 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 you know tipping over 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 headstones. I, I just feel some kind of way about people because then you then you then you you your message is no longer a message. Now no one can see your message or hear your message. You know, you just look like a villain, and uh, and I'm I'm sure that's not what you want to be doing, you know. So, and trust me, there's enough pain and blame to go around, you know. So, and and I and I don't want to I don't want to uh, assassinate the folks that are harming um, religious uh, symbols either. Like I don't want to I'm not trying to nail them to the cross neither. It's just misdirected energy, you know. It's just mi misdirected energy because people because there's so many unresolved things. There's no opportunities for people to come together and talk about what is happening, you know. And so people just get out their bag real fast because they feel helpless and they feel. And you know, listen, I'm no therapist. I'm just playing one on the radio. I'm no peace broker. I'm just playing one on the radio. I am no diplomat. I'm just playing one on the radio. Um, I, 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 and I'm not even, and it's not even about understanding from both sides because Donald Trump just messed up that whole thought process. You know, there are good people on both sides. You know, he just, he just ruined that for me. And so whenever I hear it, I can't, I can't, I can't get to it. I can't embrace it. Because because he used it in the wrong text. He used it in the wrong example. But I mean, he's an idiot. You know, uh, speaking of cast of idiots, so the Republicans had their debate. I, I don't understand these people. I just, I just don't. And, you know, people are like Nikki Haley. I'm like, but what, what does she believe? What does she stand for? Is she just Donald Trump in drag? Like, what is happening? Like what does she, what does she stand for? What is she for? You know, she, she, she doesn't think the abortion stuff goes far enough. She doesn't think. Uh, I mean, she's just, she's just not right for this country either. Now she's not, she's not um, DefCon Nine crazy. You know, and she's very careful about how she says stuff. But she's not saying anything different. Here's the thing for me. They don't say anything different. They're not saying anything different than Donald Trump. They're not different than Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump just gives you a whole lot of bells and whistles. You know, Donald Trump gets out of the clown car. They think if they get out of the, 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 the Buick, that it's different. They think if they get out of the Lincoln Town car, it's different. It's not. 
They are the same. <laughs> they don't have anything new to, they have no new nothing. They say the same thing he says. They just don't set themselves on fire to say it. They put it in a, a more, a more, they tone it down. They put it in a, in, a, in, in respectability wrapping. But it's the same. So if they want Donald Trump, she might be a good choice because she's Donald Trump. And people are like, oh no, blah, blah, blah. Go and look at go and go and check what she what she's about. You come back and tell me what she's about. And if she's not about what he's about, they're the same. <laughs> I'm sorry. The GOP has one playbook. There's no progressive Republicans. There are no uh uh uh, uh they're all the same. You know why I know they're all the same? Because none of them stands up to Donald Trump, not near one of them. The only one that's standing up to him is Chris Christie. But again, he's a Republican too. <laughs> and while he is pushing back on that narrative and he understands that uh, Donald Trump can't win, won't win, and he understands that this can't be how we, we move forward as a party, he understands that he's now he he might be an asshole, but he's a shrewd asshole, and he's pushing back. And none of them are going to push back. Here's the thing: none of them are pushing back on the Donald Trump narrative. None of them, except Christie, has said he is unfit to be president. All of them are 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 playing this dangerous game because they don't want to upset the base. They don't want to upset him. They want to be seen as a running mate. Or, or in that administration in some fashion or form, should he get elected. So they're not going to burn him down. And this is what I don't like about this. That they're willing to just go along without, without having some clarity. They like the chaos. And Donald Trump don't even have to show up to these damn debates. He's like, I let them let those peasants fight it out. Because that's essentially what he's saying to them. Let these peasants fight it out. And I'm going to be over here. I know I got my legal problems. And I got people handling my legal problems. But the people still dig him. The people still want him. The people think he's being maligned and unfairly persecuted. And as long as he can hold on to that narrative, guess what? Those other clowns that think that because they're getting out the Lincoln Town car and not the crazy circus car, that somehow or other people will see that. Nope. So while Miss Haley might be enjoying, I don't know, some bump in the polls, girl, let me tell you something. You have a floor. Donald Trump doesn't have a floor. He doesn't have a floor. And the moment that he says some disparaging thing to you, you're out. The, the moment that he questions your gender, you're out. The moment he addresses and chastises your ethnicity. You are out because you're not going to be able to fire back and fight back at that level because that is too low. You have a floor. He has no floor. None. You have no floor. So while you think you could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, you cannot go toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody who does not play by any rules, 
who is not governed by rules, who does not play by rules, who don't even know what rules are. He doesn't have a floor. You, Miss Haley, have a floor. You, There are certain things you're just not going to say and not going to do. Now, you might get right up to the edge, but you're not going to fall over. You're just not going to do it. I don't, I don't, first of all, your pants are still alive, so you're not going to, you're not going to uh, embarrass them. Number two, you probably have kids, you're not going to embarrass them. Um, and, and you are well-educated and you cannot, you cannot throw that aside for a chance at this over office. I just, I just don't believe it. So while she could gain in the polls all she wants, Donald Trump doesn't have a floor. And until any of them on that stage, with the exception of Chris Christie, is willing to go toe-to-toe, sit down. Ron DeSantis, he doesn't even have good command of himself. You know, he's not hes not witty. He's not fast on his feet. He's, a, he's not well-read, even though he's a Yale graduate. And, and yeah, I know y'all need to be screening harder or something. <laughs> He's, he's not fast on his feet. He's not witty. And he doesn't come across as bright. So so he can't go toe-to-toe. Listen, he couldn't even deal with Gavin Newsom. He couldn't even go toe-to-toe to that guy. Now, Gavin Newsom is a very attractive man. He's tall. He's got good command of language and he's relaxed. So, that and he's from California. I mean, it's hard to knock out these Californians because they come, they come packaged ready. <laughs> He, DeSantis comes from Florida. Florida does not have polish or sophistication. He doesn't come from that. California, you have a modicum of polish, sophistication, and and world worldliness. Florida doesn't have that. Florida has, you know, just backdoor honky tonk kind of stuff. <laughs> You know, and even though there's a lot of concentration of money, it's not sophisticated money. Or they go to Florida so they don't have to be sophisticated. They go to Florida so they can just let it all hang out and be like, I just like the weather. So DeSantis doesn't have polish. He doesn't have polish. He's not snappy. He's not witty. He's not fast on his feet. You know, and he can't keep a good team. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't even know him like that. I was like, how many people have come through your little office? How many times have you reimagined this campaign and the results are the same? That tells me, bruh, you need to go sit down. Go handle Florida. Make Florida the best possible state you can make it. But no, you don't want to do that. You're not interested in that. So uh, short of, there's nobody on that stage. The young guy, the young guy, the other young guy, I don't even know his name. You know, he's he's snappy. He's snappy. But he's a liar, and he plays fast and loose with the truth, and that's the thing. He's a he's like a he's like a, a used car salesman, right? Just plays fast and loose with the truth, and if you're not careful, you get lost in his polish. You know, and he's quick on his feet, but he's not going to win either because he's just not attractive. He's just not attractive candidate. He's just not attractive. Now, if he was if he was full on white, if he was just white, he might have a chance. But that brown skin is not gonna help him. 
He's just not. Not at that level. You know what I mean? Because he he's not like Obama, where Obama appealed to a wide swath of people. This guy, he comes across as just shady. Shady, shady, shady. And so people see through that. And he's brash. And he's and he plays fast and loose with the truth. He's quick on his feet. And he's commanding. But he's an asshole. And you see it. He's not nice. He doesn't come across as nice. He doesn't come across as friendly. He comes across as an upstart and, and a pain in the ass. Nikki Haley, you know, she 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 she's not she's not fast on her feet either. Um I think she's well read and she might be well educated, I'm sure. Uh, but she's not fast on her feet, she's not witty. She's not witty. Christy, fast on his feet, can be witty, brash. But that's that New Jersey thing, right? That's that when you come up through New Jersey, you, you, say, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like, ooh, 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 you know, and he's well read. It's unfortunate that he's a Republican. <laughs> but he, but out of all of them, he understands the writing on the wall. He sees it, you know, he sees it. But he's, he, uh, Christy is a dying breed. He's not gonna, he's, he's not gonna, He's he's what people wish Trump could be like, but too late. Too late. Because Christie is brash. He's a, he's a bit of an he's a whole lot of an asshole. He's abrupt with people. He's but but he's smart. That's the thing. Not terribly smart, but he's smart. Got good command of language, you know, and he's well read. You know, and he's never gonna be up there without facts. However, he has a floor too. The thing is, Donald Trump doesn't have a floor. How low can you go? To the floor, to the floor. How low can you go? Well, if there's no floor, he would just go far, way, way low. Listen, there's nothing off limits to Donald Trump. He'll insult your, your, your look, your culture, uh, the people you hang around with. All of that is not off limits. He'll call your spouse ugly. He'll say your kids are stupid. Like all this, all these things that other candidates will not do. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Donald Trump has so much ammunition. There's so much. <laughs> but these clowns leave it to these these Republican candidates leave it to the to the comedians to 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 work over the Trumps. They themselves don't do it. But Donald Trump takes a page from the comedians all the time and wears those other GOP out. He'll say stuff to them and then they gotta then they gotta spend all their time trying to recover from some flip comment that he said. And then they all fluster. <laughs> Donald Trump knows how to play the dozens better than anybody I know. <laughs> And if you don't know what the dozens are, white people, I, I don't know what to tell you. Then, then, then y'all can't win. Y'all can't win. This it just sounds like Kermit the Frog on laxatives. He's never gonna. No one is gonna take you serious. You're not bright. You're not polished. You look always look raggedy. Ugh. And you're not handsome. You're not good looking. You're not good looking. So, I'm sorry. I. Listen, this country loves a pageant. We love pageants. We love, you know, American Idol kind of things. We love it. 
He married that with a reality show. We love it. You know, we love it. I just don't know. So until until somebody shows up that doesn't have a floor and it, it could go toe to toe. And I know, listen, here's the crazy part. I know that there's some cats in that GOP that could go toe to toe, but you know what? They can't be bothered. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to get in the water. Uh-uh, I'm going to keep my life personal. I'm going to keep my life private. I might, I might have the talent and the and the and the and the wherewithal to do this, but I'm not doing it. You know, I think Mitt, Mitt Romney, if he could have been meaner, a little meaner, he might have been able to make some inroads. But he wasn't mean. He wasn't. He wasn't hard enough. He just wasn't hard enough. I mean, he's attractive, tall, he's smart. But he wasn't mean enough. And he didn't want to ever come across as mean. You know. He didn't want to come across as mean. Somebody needs to come across and be like, listen. Somebody needs to get on that stage and say, you know what, Donald Trump, I'll kick your ass. Somebody needs to do that, but they're not going to do it because they're afraid. Because that base. Because they want that base. But that's what needs to happen. They need somebody to go up there and just shut him down. But they won't do it. They just won't do it. So they get what they get. So none of them, none of them, none of them are going to be the nominee. None of them. You know why? Because Donald Trump doesn't have a floor. And until, until they get some chutzpah, <laughs> until they get some chutzpah, they're going to have to deal with Donald Trump. The good thing is, if he runs this time, that's it. He won't be back. He can't be back. He won't be back. He won't be back. You know, so, uh, you know, so that's what it is. I'm just, listen, I don't know what to tell you. I, I Listen, call me GOP. I'll give you a playbook for your ass. You can win, but you know, y'all don't, y'all not interested. You still stuck on stupid and crazy. So y'all keep getting out the Lincoln car and Donald Trump is still getting out the crazy car and the crazy car wins. <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you, he get on that stage, he's going to say something disparaging about all y'all, and you're not going to be able to recover. So you better be working with a comedy writer for some snappy comebacks. Because <laughs> you're not going to recover. Because he's going to say some mess, and then you're going to think, you're going to continue to play by the rules, and he is not, and you are going to spend your time trying to catch up trying to run back around to catch and get back in line. You can keep running. You know how did the Rockettes do that kick? And they do that kick where they turn, they, all of them turn. And if one gets out of line, they got to run all the way around to get back in line. It's that, it's that, think of that visual. Y'all seen the Rockettes where they do those kicks and they do the kicks and they turn, you know, they turn, they turn, they turn, they turn. And, and they'll, every now and again, they'll let one get out of line so they can show you how difficult this is. And then they got to run to get back in line. <laughs> Same thing. So Donald Trump will be on that stage and he'll say something and he'll crush them. And it won't even, it'll be some old mess that, that, that you would get suspended from your job for saying, or get kicked out of school for saying, and he'll do it. And they'll spend their time trying to recover from that mess and it'll be all over. And then he'll be triumphant again. Cause, cause you don't have a floor. I'm just trying to help you. 
I'm going to make some tea. I will be back. 1015. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along, walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman, then pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. Face unafraid the plans that we made Walking in the winter wonderland Over the ground lies a mantle of white A heaven of diamonds shine down through the night Two hearts are thrilling in spite of the chilling weather Love knows no season, love knows no climb. Romance can blossom any old time. Here in the open, we're walking and hoping together, 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 together. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening in the lane? Snow is listening, a beautiful sight. We're happy tonight, walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird, here to stay is a new bird. He's singing a love song as we go along, walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman And pretend that he's a circus clown We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman Until the other kitties knock him down When it snows, ain't it thrilling? Though your nose gets a chillin' We'll frolic and play the Eskimo way Walking in the winter wonderland Walking in the winter wonderland Winter wonder, winter wonderland Winter, winter wonder, wonderland
dancer and dancer and prancer and vixen, comet and cupid and donner and blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history.
cold outside. I gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been I'm hoping that you dropped so in. Very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like my ice. mother will start to Beautiful, what's your My father hurry? will be pacing the floor. Listen to that fireplace so roar. Really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. Maybe just to have a drink more. I'll put some records on while I the pour. The neighbors might think. Baby, it's bad out there. Same what's in this drink. No cabs to be had <laughs> out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like starlight to now. break this spell. I'll take your hat. Oh, your hair you. looks swell. say no, no, Mind no, sir. Mind if I'm moving At closer. least I'm gonna say that I oh, tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't say. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, it's cold outside. You're very pushy, you know. I like to think of it as opportunistic. Simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. But baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> the welcome has been How lucky that you so dropped in. nice and warm. Look out the window <laughs> at that star. My sister will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves upon a tropical shore. My maidenhands mind is Gosh, vicious. your lips well, maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a blizzard before. I gotta get home. Baby, you freeze out there. Say, lend me your comb. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been grand. I feel when I touch your but hand. But don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? There's bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of my lifelong sorrow. At least there'll be if you got pneumonia and I really can't stay. Get over that hole up. Baby, it's cold. Baby, it's cold. Okay, fine. Just another drink then. Well, that took a lot of convincing. We we in the Christmas fields up in here. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome back to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Mmm. I got me some tea. Cause I didn't ground my coffee beans. Because I'm lazy. So I got some tea instead. Which is nice. Um, this is a mint, a mint, a morning mint tea, which I love mint tea. I've always loved mint tea. So it's really nice to uh it's really nice to uh just get some tea. So, so yeah, so here we are. Um, I'm looking at the Navy Independent site. All right, cool, 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 cool. You know, they recapping the weekend, what's going on, stuff that's going on. Uh, I'm going to go over to... Oh, that's the wrong... You know, when you have two keyboards, I told you, I told you this the other day, when you have two keyboards, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> and one is black and one is white, which is funny. <laughs> well, silver, like, ah, oh, it's white. You know, I have an Apple computer and then I have a, a HP, a, you know, a Lenovo. 
but it's Monday and I'm I'm trying to think about how I'm gonna how I'm gonna get myself together uh for the week and think about how I'm gonna move uh how I'm gonna move uh how I'm gonna move throughout the week. And just thinking about uh you know what what I wanna think about, what I wanna do. How stuff stuff that I wanna get into. Uh You know, that kind of thing. All good. All good. Just trying to, you know, be a good steward. And uh, do all that I need to do. Check my accounts. You know, look at email. You know, that kind of stuff. Pay some bills. I gotta go pick up some other, some other stuff. Um, I got a prescription I need to go get. Although I will tell you, um, I really like um, getting, I really like this app. Um, for CVS because it tells me, uh all the stuff uh, that I need to get prescribed, you know, I could get refilled, uh, what's coming due. So I, I like that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. And uh, let's see. Okay, so that's Oh, I picked that up already. Okay, good. I'm so glad. And I don't have to be worrying about worrying about stuff. So I have some stuff that I need to pick up. Not too much. Okay, that's good. I'm still not finished Black Cake, and I, I haven't I haven't been reading it. I've been not reading it. So today that changes. I'm gonna get into it today. Because I said I wanted to finish it. And people are loving the uh the uh web series. I tell you what I have been into. It is taking up all my time. I've been watching suits, you know, with Meghan Marco and all the people in it. Um uh Gina Torres, who just left last night, which I, I didn't like the way she left. That just seemed wild. That she she worked so hard to be in this whole thing and then and then just like that, she's like, oh, yeah, well, I enjoyed this. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem enough of a lead up of her leaving. I would have liked to have seen her a couple of episodes really question where she wanted to be in the world. You know, I mean, I know they did their best with giving it a lead up and giving you some sense of like why she made the decision. But it just didn't seem like enough. Because she was so passionate about this, this firm, and then, and then she wasn't. And I was like, and I know she had the death row case and the whole bit, and and that you know that'll change you and all that kind of stuff. And you know she missed her guy, and because he was like, I'm going to Chicago, and I would love for you to come, but you know I know this firm is everything. So so they did do the they did do that. It just seems like it just wasn't enough for me. 
Because I, I really would like to have seen her wrestle with this decision. Or at least take some time off and say, oh, I'll be back. I'm going to go to Chicago and handle some stuff. But I'm still here. I don't know. But then she had her own spinoff and that didn't do well. Um, I mean, she was good at what she does. Like, I, I enjoyed her character. I loved the way she dressed. I mean, I just loved her. So, so I'm a little, I'm a little bummed. You know, I think I'm in, I think I'm in season seven. I think that's where I'm at. You know, there's like 10, 12, 13 seasons, you know, episodes. So, so I, I watched all day yesterday. I was just like, I'm here for it. So, so yeah, so my day today, I got to go have a, a kidney ultrasound. I had a kidney ultrasound some months ago. They wanted to see what ha was happening. I'm going to go have another one today. And then I go back this afternoon and they're going to tell me what they think. And then we'll move forward in terms of, I don't know if it needs to be fixed or not be fixed or if this is some, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We shall see. And then uh, that's where we are. And that's my day today. I, 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 I'm going to the gym at two in between these appointments. As you know, Robert is like, get your butt in here. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll deal with that. I'm like, okay. And then Christmas is just around the corner. I've got some announcements too. Let's see. All right. So next week is pretty much that week before Christmas. And after that, we're off a whole week. I'm looking forward to having a whole week off. I, I don't tell John at the inner city. Like, listen, I'm off Christmas week. Don't call me. Don't look for me. Don't try to find me. I'm in the witness protection. Because I'm going to do some uh, work in my apartment. I really got to do some stuff. I don't know what that's going to look like or what, what's going to be required, but I got to do it. You know? And, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff I want to get into. So, spend my time doing that. And and just get ready for Christmas. I'm looking forward to to Christmas and then into New Year's. You know, into New Year's, so I'm 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 good. We we come back on air uh, on my daughter's birthday, January second. I think that's what we're doing. Oh, we might have a. Uh, oh no, we're back on January third. We're back on January third, Harry. Because New Year's Day falls on a Monday, and then you usually have the day after off. So, so I'll be back on the third. <laughs> I'll be back on the third. I'm not going back on the second. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here too. So I'll I'll be I'll be right here. So I really must go. Baby is cold outside that's it so i made um i made fettuccine alfredo vegan last night for dinner 
It was so, so, so good. I have some leftover, which I might have for lunch or I might have for dinner tonight. You know, I wouldn't mind a little piece of meat with it though, you know, or something. Cause it was, it was really good. Maybe a piece of fish would be good. A, a small piece of steak would be good. You know, like a hanger, a little bit of hanger steak. I just don't want to have to cook it. <laughs> Ain't that something? I'm a whole train chef. <laughs> and, and I don't. Oh, so you can wait till the third. I'll be here the second. Okay. All right. Because I know the first day back, Harry, is a pain in the butt for you. So I'll I'll come back on the third. <laughs> I'll come back on the third. I'll come back on the third. I'll come back on the third. That's fine. That's fine. I like I like taking a little extra day and uh just like messing around, like, oh, it's the new year. I could get right into it. You know what I mean? Like. Because I have, I do have it marked off as a holiday break on the second, so I'll be back on the third. I'll be back on that Wednesday, and we'll get the new year jumping off. And then you know, in February, I'm away from February first uh, through. Oh, I'm away for for half of February. I'm in. Uh, I'm going to uh, Senegal. I'll be there from the 1st through the 17th. So I'll be back on I'll be back on President's Day. And uh you know uh yeah. I'll uh and then that's and then you know that's a big trip for me to go uh, to a writer's residency and I'll be in Dakar, Senegal and uh, Petit La Cote, La Petite Cote. Uh, I'll be in two places. So, and I'm so looking forward to it. Like to figure out what I'm a pack, what I'm a take, you know, I'm doing all that now. No, I'm not in a rush. I, I pack well, so it's not like, not like I'm rushing, like it'll be fine. It shall be fine. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. It will be good, good, good. So um, I know I wanted to, uh, there was something that caught my eye. Uh, let's see. Thank you all for the people who listen. I tell you, when I'm out there in these streets and and, and it's the craziest thing, when people tell me that they listen to me and it's always people who I never expect to listen to me, listen to me. So I appreciate, you know, I'm sure people are not listening every single day, but there are people who they, they ride to work with me in their car, which is a nice, that's very complimentary. That anything I have to say is worth, you know, you spending time to listen because it is a commitment to listen to me. Right. So I'm just saying, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to be posting up in a bit um, flyers. Uh, the Christmas Carol stuff is happening. New Hallville Christmas Caroling is going to happen um, Tuesday, next Tuesday and next Thursday, the 19th and the 21st, six o'clock. So 
um, the flyers will go out. It's Christmas Carol through Newhallville. I want y'all to come and sing. We sing traditional Christmas songs. If there's some other Christmas songs you want to sing, you got to bring the words, baby, because I don't have them. And then we're doing The World Needs More Love Letters, uh, which is taking place uh, Friday from 3 to 5 and Saturday from 12 uh, from twelve to 4. And so I want people to come and write love letters. Uh, I have some very specific love letters. And... Uh, uh, and and it'll be it'll be a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Now I've been doing this for about oh more than ten years. I'm sure, however long they've been doing it, I've been doing it. Um, but this year I'm I'm trying to do it as a group a group activity, and I think it I think it'll be well. So if nobody shows up, no one shows up. But I'll be there with pens and paper, and and all the things, all the accoutrements. <laughs> so I want people to come. And uh, and write write love letters because the world needs more love letters, and and so what it is is the the world needs more the world needs more love letter people. They send you um, the background information on somebody who needs a love letter. Um, and people from all over the country participate in this thing, and so what they do is you send the you send your letters, you bundle the letters, and you send them in an envelope to the people, and they will send them to they will get them to the right person. They will get them to the right person, you know. And so, uh, and and it's it's just that simple. You can you can trick out your letter, you know, any way you want, you know. Or it could be a card. Or it could be a letter. It could be a card. It could be a letter, you know. And uh, you know, you just give people a sense of uh, encouragement, really. You know, just encourage people. And so I'm looking forward to that. I've been, I tell you, I've been doing it for a decade and it's so rewarding and enriching to me. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite things. And so this year I want to share with people um, to do it too. And, uh, you know, and you don't know these people and, you know, there's clear directions and they tell you what they're into, or what they're about. And you just craft a letter encouraging them, you know. The people are having a tough time, as I said at the beginning of the last hour. This is a tough time for people. These holidays are not always jolly for everybody. <laughs> Everybody's not embracing the spirit. People are just wishing that this would hurry up and get by them. I get it. I truly, truly get it. You know, I get it. I get it. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, you know, get things to feel a certain kind of way and to have people feel uh, a moment um, that somebody cares. Because, um, you know, there's this phenomenon right now, uh, for the first time in history, people with all the technology and with all the ways in which we can connect to each other and, and be with each other across social media, across all kinds of ways, people are still extraordinarily lonely and feel disconnected. Um, and so I think about that all the time. I think about that often um, and, and, and ways to combat that. Um, and, it's, and it's challenging to impress upon people that, you know, you, we need each other. You know, we need to be in community with each other, that, uh, that we need to be connected to one another and do stuff with one another. 
that we have to see each other. We have to hold hands with each other and wrap our arms around each other, you know, and laugh with each other and break bread with each other and, and have, have copious amounts of tea, coffee, and cocktails with each other. <laughs> that, 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 that those are necessary and mandatory things uh, uh, for a fulfilled life. And, and too many people are not having that experience. Too many people are alone and afraid and fearful and don't know how to be in community and make friends. And it's upon us. It is, it, we have to do better with, with creating spaces for people to, to, to be with each other. You know, I, I just think it's, it's, un, it's just unconscionable to me that people somewhere are sitting somewhere alone and, and afraid with no friends. I, I, that just bothers me to no end, you know, I, and I feel this way about when I know people are hungry. I cannot stand knowing that people are hungry. I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand it. And I know what it's like to be hungry. Like I know what it's like to, I remember moments when, you know, I didn't have enough money to, to get something or eat. I remember what that was like, you know, you know, I, I, re, I know what it's like to be fearful about, you know, I have to feed my children and, and how is that going to happen, you know, and still put on a brave face and not have this, you know, have this be the, the pall over the house, you know, I, I know what that's like. I, and I, I don't even know how to be ashamed about that. There's no shame, shame in that. It's just, that's just what it is. You know, I, I, I always know what it was like to have friends because I was always popular my whole life. There were moments when I was very, very much alone, but it was an aloneness of my own making, you know, um, because I, I was always, I mean, I was always close to my siblings. I, you know, I had cousins. Uh, I grew up with, but I was, but I was always one of these people, you know, when I was a kid and I was growing up, I had girlfriends, but I was always on the fringe. I was never in the mix. I was always on the fringe because I always had this idea of something else on the other side of whatever it is that we were into. You know, they were into very mundane, corny, basic stuff. And I had dreams of something other, you know, I, I really, um, I really wanted to be a socialite, you know, but not in a, not in a bad way, in a way that I was like, I, re I wanted to go to theater. I wanted to go to concerts. I wanted to eat in restaurants and I wanted to like, you know, travel. I, I wanted those things from a very, very young age. And my friends wasn't just in, they weren't into the things that I was into. I, I was an avid reader, an avid reader. And I would read all these things. And I would read Great Gatsby and be like, oh my God. You know, I'd read all these things. And so I was like, oh, I would like to be fantastic like that or fabulous like that. Oh, I want to know what it's like to go to Cannes. I want to know, oh, I want to go, I want to take, I want to take uh, the shows in Milan. I want to, you know, I want to do these things. I was young. You know, with, with those kinds of dreams, you know. Uh, and so now I get to, I get to sort of live that life a little bit. You know, I get to be a socialite in my town, which is what I always wanted to be. You know, I always wanted to be on the cusp of art and and uh, and and all all those kinds of things. And now I am, and I and I I'm happy. I love I love it. I love going to see theater, even if it's theater I hate. It doesn't matter. 
I love going. Uh, I love hearing live music, whether it's at uh, Woosley Hall or Cafe Nine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I love sitting at the bar at Cafe Nine and drinking beer. And now they have food or whatever, a hot dog or whatever. I, I love that. I also know that I could eat at Union League and 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 have a good time. <laughs> I, I know I know what silverware to use. I know <laughs> I know I know how to I know how to move around a, a, a finely crafted table, you know, a well-appointed table. I know my way around a, a well-appointed table. Uh so I could eat at Union League just as well as I could eat at you know, uh, dive diners, and I and I love a good diner. I love going to barbers and having blueberry pancakes, corned beef hash, and scrambled eggs. Hands down, I'm good with that. Bring me some paper napkins. <laughs> I'm good, but I also know how to sit at Union League, put my put my put my napkin in my lap, order a finely crafted cocktail, and shoot the ish. I I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good like that. I'm good like that. I'm good like that. I'm good like that. You know, so, you know, and, and building community, building community all everywhere that I go so that I'm not a stranger anywhere. And that's really the preface for me. You know, I, I, I never feel like I'm a stranger anywhere. I never feel like, oh my God, I'm not going to know people. I, how long will it take for me to know somebody? Five minutes. <laughs> I go into spaces and I feel like I'm at home. Like, hey, how's everybody doing? Hi, welcome. Hi. I'm I'm at home. I just I'm the energy. I bring the energy. And I don't, it's not fake, it's real. Because every place I go, I want to be at ease and at home. I want to know everybody in the room. I want to say hi to everybody in the room. I want to know what's going on in the room. I don't I don't slide into places and then get up beside the wall. I, I I'm not that person. I don't slip in anywhere. <laughs> I arrive. <laughs> Let's arrive. If everybody just arrived, let's just arrive into the space. But it's like sneaking in. Sneaking in. Now, of course, when you when you go to concerts or whatever, you have to slip in quietly if it's already in play. And oftentimes they don't let you in if it's already in play. But if it's just gonna start, they let you slip in. I get that. That's 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 just manners. I get that. You know, church, you slip in because you know you don't want to be disruptive. You slip in, but there are places where you should not slip in. That you should absolutely walk your ass in there as if you know you're at home. <laughs> now, home is subjective to people because some people. Gotta slip into their homes too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. So I'm just I I just I feel some kind of way about the way that people are in the world. And so this is my opportunity. So I I'm always trying to create opportunities to bring people together. You know, whether it's on the porch. And the porch is just and you know, the porch is just traveling. You know, wherever I am is the porch. It's a, it's a traveling thing. It's a traveling thing. Just come, hang out, sit down, enjoy the evening, sit for a spell, drink some wine. Let's have some good conversation. Oh, we'll order some food. Don't you worry. And that's what it is. That's 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 what it is. All these people that have porches and they don't use them. 
They don't want to be seen sitting on their porch. I'm like, why do you have a porch in your house if you're not going to sit on and invite people? Call to the, when you see people walking by, call to them. Hey, come, come. Would you, would you like a glass of lemonade? Like a glass of wine? Call. And then once you once you do it enough, it becomes habit. People will be like, oh, oh, Bab's on the porch. Let me go by. Oh, so-and-so's on the porch. Let me go by. You know. I, I like that. Drop by, just drop on by, drop on by for a spell. But that's how you get to know people in your neighborhood, in your community, you know. And this is how you invite other people into your community, you know, because people have this thing that, you know, uh, New Hallville is like the okay corral. <laughs> I don't have that experience. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying I don't have that experience. First of all, drugs is not my thing. Never was my thing. I don't do drugs. So there's that. Uh, so I, I, so I, so I'm not in that world that way, you know, I don't, I'm not out, I'm not out there copping drugs from, from people. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I, and I never really had, I never had time for that mess. I know people who do it. But I never had any time for that stupidness. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not into that pills, all that mess. No. Are you kidding me? I like a good glass of wine or a good beer or some good, you know, I drink good stuff. I don't drink foolishness. I don't drink to get stupid drunk. I, I'm too old for that mess. You know, I'm just just too old for that. I like a, I like a refined life. Quiet, peace, joy, my friends. I have good friends. So, so, so I'm saying that to say that we have to build community wherever we could build community. You know, you have to, you have to you have to build community and uh, and align yourself with, you know, if you if you hang around stupid people, you're gonna be stupid with them. If they don't have anything to tell you to move yourself to the next level, why are you even hanging around them? You're just wasting time. Seriously, I I saw um, Fifty Cent talk about this the other day. He was talking about if you if you hanging around people and all they're doing is talking about other people or hanging around and they're not reading, they're not doing anything. You are just wasting your time because they don't know what to do and you don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 50. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, man, I don't, I, everybody that I hang around with is doing stuff, but I've always hung around people who was about doing things. And the people who weren't doing things, I just naturally didn't grab it. I, I naturally distanced myself from it, just was, you know, if they're not doing anything, I, there's things that I want to do, they're not doing them. I can't hang with them. I got to go and chase the dreams and do all the things and, you know, be about what I want to do. And so, uh, and so, so I, I'm always hanging around people who, who are doing stuff, not necessarily what I want to be doing, but they're doing stuff that, in, in, that, that inspires me to want to do what I want to do, which is, you know, which is nice. So, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's all good. So I'm going to put out the, the posters for the caroling and for the letters, for the love letters. I'm going to post them up today on my social media sites. And uh, we'll see who shows up. I hope people show up. I mean, every time I put a call out, people show up. So, I mean, it was so much fun uh, building community around the beating and people beat it. People love beating. I have to find another way to beat something so that people could come back and beat. <laughs> Because people so enjoyed it. 
So I was like, okay, let me do some more beading because there was just so much, such a joy to do it. And I and I have an idea of what I want to do with these beads now, now that I know I could do it. You know, I want to string some, make some window treatments out of these beads. Uh, and so I think that's what I'm going to do next is just uh, make some beads. And uh, maybe that'd be my spring, my spring project. It's like beading, we're beading again, community beading. We'll see what happens. So I'll just start buying beads and, and we'll get into it. And then I'll string them in my windows. You know, I think that's what I'm going to do. I like that idea. You know, it's like maybe on Sundays, beading, beading on Sundays or during the week, one hour or something. We'll see. I'll work it out. So, so uh, I'm about to uh, get off air in a minute and uh, um, go make my way to the doctor's office and let these people poke and prod me, and then uh, and then uh, I'll come back and uh, work on some stuff. But that's that's the gist of my day. I think I've got guests coming on. Oh, I do. I have Bill Spivy coming on tomorrow. Now, Bill Spivy is a prolific writer out of Florida um, who is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a damn good writer. I'm excited to have him on tomorrow. He's got two books out, but he's I think he sent me one. I think I'm going to buy the other one because I helped him on the other one because I was his writing coach for about a year. Um, and he was writing short stories and all this other kind of stuff. And it was really good. Uh, so he's coming on tomorrow. Julia uh, Bullock from the Modern Opera is coming on on Wednesday. And I'm delighted to talk to her about uh, opera of today. They're, she's going to be uh, performing at the Schwartzman Center. And they're doing some take on the nativity. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to them about this. Uh, and then Friday, uh, I mean, Thursday, Anru is back, which I'm excited to have a conversation with him. And then Friday, we done made it through the week, babies. We done made it through the week. So that's where we are. So yes. So we got we got we got some guests coming on this week. So we're doing some talking, 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 talking. Uh, and I'll be delighted. So thank you for hanging out for two hours with me today. I enjoyed it. I'll be back tomorrow. Get you off my mind
Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. 